Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Grace Community Church. Today is Student Mission Sunday. And behind me, we have students represented from junior high, high school. We have our young adults from Satellite. And this morning, you're going to hear as students share about all the different mission and service opportunities that took place this Easter break. And now we have some announcements. Joining me is Nathan Kennedy. All right. So on May 5th, we are having our men's taco dinner. And today is the last Sunday to purchase tickets. To, so make sure you go to the men's table in the courtyard and do that today. And what a better day to eat tacos than on Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. Thank you. Also, our next announcement is, I know you guys have heard of IHOP, which is International House of Pancakes, but coming this Thursday is INDOP. You may not know about this. This is National Day of Prayer. And so, hope you come. It's this Thursday, May 4th, from 11.30 to 1 during your lunch hour. And yeah, there won't be syrup, but it will be a sweet time of prayer as we lift up this nation, our community, and our church. So we hope to see you guys all here in the Worship Center on Thursday praying. All right. We would like, a, like to welcome all of the new visitors here. Uh, there are ushers who would love to pass out packets of information to you. And these packets are a gold mine. They contain a complimentary coupon to, to where you can receive a free beverage from the Grace Cafe. Excellent, Nathan. Um, give him a hand. Yeah, there we go. Go ahead, baby Nathan. Well, this morning is going to be a great morning. So glad that you're here, as we're going to hear about what God has done through our students and in our students this Easter break. So hopefully we're going to hear some amazing, encouraging things, and you'll be challenged as well as we worship together. Let's all stand as we worship the Lord together. Bear my cross. 
worthy is the Lamb.
you go ahead and take this time to turn to your neighbor and say good morning. Good morning, Grace family. My name is Tina Trong, and yes, I'm aware that there is a fat llama out there who will not eat her food that goes by the same name. That aside, I am excited to inform you all about Satellite's recent outreach. <laughs> Serving at the Union Rescue Mission was such a delight. The Union Rescue Mission lies in the heart of Skid Row, and Skid Row happens to be LA's most densely populated homeless area. <laughs> Driving through it is unexplainable, as it seems like a completely different world because just a town over, there's so many affluent people. We came back to reality when a man on a bike sped by and Landon braked just in time. Um, we joked about how that man would instantly recognize Landon in the cafeteria as the man with the dad van who almost ran him over. I mean, it's not that funny now, but we definitely did not let Landon live that down. <laughs> Besides that, there was an eye-opening tour of the rescue mission, along with seeing where another outreach team had their tent set up for the week, which was on the roof. The view is stunning, and we were told that it is even more breathtaking at night when all of the city lights glow. I had a great time serving in the kitchen, whether it be slapping what seemed like infinite amounts of turkey bacon on baking trays, or trying to make bran muffins look more appealing than strawberry strudel to the women entering the cafeteria. That was probably the most difficult thing to do, so if y'all have any tips on how to make bran muffins sound delicious, you know where to find me. <laughs> My favorite encounter had to be on our 12-hour homeless simulation. At a community center near Dr. Phil's studio, where we, found, where we met a man named Larry. He would tell us all about his struggles with finding any affordable housing in LA and his recent diagnosis of kidney cancer. For going through so many discouraging things in life, he still had a smile from ear to ear. He even told us all about his celebrity encounters when he worked as a nurse in Beverly Hills. At one point, Larry and Ruthie Nadler started to bond over I Love Lucy and Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> he even informed us that Dick Van Dyke would often serve at the Union Rescue Mission alongside full-time staff. What a blessing it is to be able to put aside one star status to serve others wholeheartedly. Larry continued to ask us about what our local rescue mission was doing to rehabilitate and establish programs for the homeless. He really touched on the need to create mental health services as many of those who are homeless suffer from mental illness. This is an ever-growing epidemic within the homeless population and this can cause many to die on the streets because of the lack of these services. The whole team collaborated in that moment and we all explained the different programs and services that Visalia Rescue Mission provides to help those in need. Whenever we were not serving, we would still spend much of our time together as a team. I think my favorite moment was during our homeless simulation when I could see those beautiful golden arches on the horizon. Low blood sugar started to take over and I became just a tad bit delirious. I ended up eating a McChicken and half of an ice cream cone that I split with Megan Comer. You know where you are. Um, we split it vertically and I was basically crying at this point from laughing so hard at what was happening. The rest of the team would look over at us every now and then to make sure we were okay, but we were so not okay. <laughs> After buying some bananas and drinking some coffee samples from Trader Joe's, we eventually calmed down. Also, Jared Durker happened to spot a celebrity on an ATM machine. Um, don't know if any of you watch football or seen Super Bowl 51, but we met Julian Edelman. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> if the Lord is speaking to you this morning, please consider serving at the rescue mission's warehouse, kitchen, or even attending events that benefit the rescue mission. And for those who like to shop, Simply Chic Boutique and Rescue Treasures puts their profits back into the rescue mission and the programs that they run. So the next time you see a homeless person, please do not look away. Give them a genuine smile and recognize their existence. If you feel frustrated with the amount of homeless people, then do something. James 2, 15 to 17 states, suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, and well-fed, 
but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. So be a part of the change. There's so much you can do and so much to be done. Just go. Thank you. Good morning. I have very good notes today. It's all written out so I don't rattle on about what's on television or theme parks or my favorite sports team. I just kind of did a little bit, sorry. Good morning. My name is Corey Ogborn and I am the director of Missions and Young Adults. The world tells us that these young people are the future, and I have a problem with that. It implies that these young people behind me are the future of the church, and they are not. They are the church. They're the church of today. And it is a special blessing to be led by them this morning. So thank you, Pastor John, for arranging this. What you hear this morning is just a taste of the great things that are going on outside the walls of this worship center. But don't be mistaken. What we did over spring break could not have happened without everything that takes place inside the walls of this worship center. It couldn't have happened without you. Before I get into the inner city outreach, I wanted to recognize a few people. We had some men just before spring break that took a trip to Mexico. They did the men's mission to Mexico trip. If you were on that team, could you just stand up for a moment? There were some in the first service. I don't know how many are in this service. Thank you for your service. Thank you. So our young adults left on Palm Sunday just after church for Hollywood, and we arrived at our hotel and began a discussion about the issue of homelessness in our country and specifically in Los Angeles. LA has the second largest population of homeless in the US. It is estimated that 47 to 57,000 men, women, and children are homeless on any given night in Los Angeles alone. To put that in perspective, that is about one-third to nearly one-half of the population of Visalia. And a lot of these homeless are concentrated in a one-mile square near downtown known as Skid Row. It is here that the Union Rescue Mission has been working for more than 100 years. It was founded by the same man that founded Union Oil and the Bible Institute of Los Angeles, known today as Biola University. We went on a tour with Michael. I wish you guys could meet Michael. I wish he could have been here this morning. We toured all five floors that included the gateway program on the first level, which was the entry level program. We toured doctors and dental offices, the men's floor, the women and children's floor, and the associates floor on the fifth level. It was on that level that we realized why Michael was so proud of the URM and everything it was doing. He had progressed through every level of their men's program and now lived on the newly renovated fifth floor. There's incredible work going on at the Union Rescue Mission. It amazed me that nobody was dismissed from the program to the streets. If they failed the program by making multiple mistakes or having multiple offenses, they were moved to a different facility that could better care for their specific need. We served somewhere between um, 350 and 400 people lunch that day. And we worked alongside those in the program as well as associates. The second day, as Tina said, was spent as 12 hours in their shoes, which is a homeless sim or a homeless walk. The goal was to meet and interact with homeless as well as to better understand what it is like to have absolutely nowhere to go or nothing to do for just 12 hours. Most people living on the street spend 10 to 14 hours of their day moving around. We had $2 and no agenda. As Tina shared, we met a few homeless people, napped midday in a park, and walked many, many miles. So that's an overview of our inner city outreach. There are great opportunities to continue our work with Union Rescue Mission, maybe camp out on the rooftop and do even more on Skid Row. Exciting stuff. There's a lot of work that can be done right here in Visalia as well. Visalia Rescue Mission is doing incredible work in our community, and we try to be involved with them. One Saturday a month, our young adults serve a meal at the Visalia Rescue Mission, and you too could be involved. 
There are many meals that need to be served, many programs that they run there that you could help with, and many uh, things that need to be done around the rescue mission. So I would encourage all of us to get involved. In just a few moments, we're going to show a slideshow. It's pretty short, and it's just a brief glimpse of what we did at Inner City Outreach 2017. There are a couple things in the slideshow that warrant an explanation. First, bananas are cheap. We only had $2, and we chose to eat lunch at McDonald's. Did you know that a small fry at McDonald's costs approximately $1.81? That's a ripoff. That's a lot of money <laughs> when you only have two bucks. They're good, but it's a lot of money when you only have $2. After lunch, we had an epiphany. Actually, Dan Nadler had an epiphany that just across the street at Trader Joe's, they had free coffee samples. <laughs> and it was there that we found that bananas are only 19 cents each. We pulled our change and bought about five of them. I was very proud of those bananas. And you'll see a picture of those bananas. They look delicious in this slideshow. <laughs> Secondly, sometimes when you're homeless for 12 hours, you get to meet really famous football players. As Tina said, Jared met a patriot at Bank of America and took a picture with him. Being aware of what's going on around us is important. We need to do a better job of humanizing the homeless. My brother lived on the streets of Bakersfield shortly before his death. I can only hope that people took time to hear his story and tell him theirs, to smile and help him to feel visible. A lot of times we treat people as if they are less than human, as if they are invisible. Take time to smile and say hello. Yes, it's cliche, but to the world you are only one person. But to one person you may be the world. If you came in here this morning without a smile of your own, I encourage you to take one of theirs. Not physically, that would be dangerous. But just go home with a smile. Proverbs 19.17 says, Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his deed. And Psalm 82.3 says, Give justice to the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute. Let's have a glimpse of Inner City Outreach 2017. You hear me when I call You are my morning song Though darkness fills the night It cannot hide the light Shall I fear? You crush the enemy underneath my feet. You are my sword and shield, though troubles linger still. Whom shall I fear? I know who goes before me. I know who stands behind The God of angel armies Is always by my side The one who reigns forever He is a friend of mine The God of angel armies Is always by my side Strength is in your name, for you alone can save. You will deliver me, yours is the victory. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? I know who goes before me. I know who stands behind The God of angel armies Is always by my side The one who reigns forever He is a friend of mine The God of angel armies Is always by my side Nothing for 
before me. I know who stands behind. The God of angel armies is always by my side. The one who reigns forever, he is a friend of mine. The God of angel armies is always by my side. I know who goes before me. I know who stands behind. The God of angel armies is always by my side. The one who reigns forever, he is a friend of mine. The God of angel armies is always by my side. The God of is always by my side. Good morning. First John 5.14 says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day that we can gather together and hear the testimonies of our junior hires, high schoolers, and young adults. We ask that we would be challenged by the work you have done through our students. Please bless those who came to the soccer camp as well as the Union Rescue Mission and the Mountain of Olives Children Village. Thank you for the much needed rain you've sent this season. We ask that you would send more. For those who could not be here because of illness, would you bring them good health? And as we give these tithes and offerings, please do not let us forget what you have given for us. It is in Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Good morning. My name is Trey Kutsir, and I'm an eighth grader at Central Valley Christian School. During Easter break, I had the opportunity to serve at Golden Oak Elementary School. Golden Oak is a school that our church has adopted and has a Bible club at. At Golden Oak, we ran a soccer camp. This was our second year running the camp. Last year, we only had about 10 kids come, and six of them were relatives or siblings of the kids running the camp. <laughs> this year, we changed our age group from just fourth, fifth, and sixth graders to first through sixth graders. That made a lot more kids come. This year, we had about 30 kids. At soccer camp, we split the kids up from older and younger kids. I got to work with the older kids. It was super fun seeing all the kids having a blast. While I was helping, I enjoyed seeing the kids just smile and have fun. It was a great opportunity to share the gospel to the kids. They would get a lot of soccer and a little bit of Jesus. At the end of each day, Jared would have a little talk. During that time, it was cool to see some of the kids so engaged in what he was saying. Jared said that God is our coach and the Bible is the rule book for our life. Most of the kids don't go to church, so this was their first time hearing anything about Jesus. We also got to build great relationships with the kids there. One kid actually remembered me from last year. He did think my name was Trey, but he still remembered me. It was cool to see that I actually made a difference in these kids' life. Thank you. Thanks, Trey. Not Troy. Trey. Well, so how many of you have ever said something that has made someone really, really upset? Yeah? Probably, yeah. If you're human, you have. But how many of you have ever said something that people have actually conspired to murder you? Yeah, the hands go down. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> people who would be raising their hands are dead, so yeah. Um, but this, this happened to a man named Stephen. Now, I'm not talking about our beloved Stephen Elliott. Uh, I'm talking about Stephen from the Bible, from the book of Acts. What could have he said that made people so upset that they murdered him? Well, the speech that leads to his murder is found in Acts chapter 7. And it is the longest recorded speech in the book of Acts, which the book of Acts is filled with speeches. There's lots of them. But yet Luke, the author of the book, he gives the most ink to this one. It's really, really important, and it did end up in the murder of Stephen. So what could he have said that's so important and yet led to his murder? Well, it's a long speech, so I'm not going to go into it too much, but I will summarize a bit what he was saying, is that Stephen says that God is not limited to a specific region, that you cannot put God in a box. And so his argument, as it goes, is he goes into the, the history of Israel, and he retells it. And it's a very elaborate retelling of the history, very detailed. And, and you might be thinking, where are you going with this? I don't see where this is going. And, but his whole point and the entire thing is, by the retelling of history, he's saying that wherever the people were, whether they're in the land or out of the land, whether they're in Egypt, whether they're in the wilderness, is that throughout the entire time is that God was with them. That long before he had a specific address at the temple, Mount Zion, Jerusalem, that God was with the people. And so this shows that God is not limited to a specific Region, but that God is a God of the entire world. And that God is also likewise not limited to a specific people group, but that God is a God of all peoples and all nations. And that God's kingdom is not only an everlasting kingdom, but it is an all-consuming kingdom. As Jesus said, he talks about the kingdom being like a mustard seed, which of course is very small, but it ends, it grows into total victory. And so Jesus tells his disciples, right in the beginning of the book of Acts, before he ascends and sits at the right hand of the Father, that they would be his witnesses, starting in Jerusalem and then going to Judea, Samaria, and to the very ends of the earth. And you see, this is basically the rough outline of the book of Acts. And the disciples do exactly this. They start near and they go far. Because you see, God is a God of the near 
as well as he is the God of the far, that he is a God of the east, as well as the God of the west, that he's the God of the north, as well as he is the God of the south. To paraphrase Abraham Kuyper, who says that there is not one square inch on God's green earth that he does not claim mine, that everything is his. And so we take the gospel message, whether near, far, far to near, and everywhere in between. And so whether we're doing ministry in Mexico or Los Angeles or Visalia, is that we can know that God is there, that God is with us. Whether you're doing ministry in Europa, on the Union Rescue Mission, Golden Oak, your neighborhood, your workplace, your school, or on this very campus, is that we can know that we're not alone, that God is there, that God is before us, and that God is with us. And God was with us this Easter break in all of our outreaches. And he was with us at our Golden Oak soccer camp. And now I hope you enjoy this video about it.
My name is Logan Wells. I'm 15 years old and I'm a freshman at Redwood High School. First off, I just wanted to say thank, thank you for everyone making it possible for our youth group to go on this amazing mission trip to Mexico. It means so much to us and I know that everyone had an amazing time because of the church's help. I just wanted to tell you a little bit about my trip. The town that I was in was called Los Flores. There were about 40 kids in the VBS program there at that church. My small group had about 10 three to five year olds. It was amazing getting to make a connection with the little kids there. They were so thankful for us being there and they were really sad when we left. It was really eye-opening to see how little these kids and families had, but, but they were some of the happiest people I have ever met. In addition to the VBS program, we also did an outreach at 2 p.m. called Park Time. The whole team would drive down to a local park in Yerapan. We would play soccer, kickball, fly kites, throw frisbees, and make swords and animals out of balloons. After that, we would gather around the bleachers and watch a drama skit that was based off of a Bible story, and then we would hear two people from our team share their testimonies. This time was really fun because we could really bond with the kids and learn about God in a different way than church and VBS. While we were in Mexico, we also did some construction at the local park in Yerapan. At the beginning of the week, their soccer field and bleachers were buried six feet high in sand, dirt, and trash. We dug there that whole week and eventually got all the trash and dirt out. It was also amazing because while we would dig, there were a couple of local Mexican men that would come out with their shovels and help us work. At the end of the week, the soccer field was as good as new. It was really touching seeing the kids' faces light up when they saw they could use their field again. It was really cool to watch the kids at VBS and Park Time grow closer to the Lord. At the beginning of the week, all of these kids were really shy and they would barely sing the songs. At the end of the week, they were singing, shouting, dancing, and even fighting to stand on stage and hold the words of the songs up. In my little small group of VBS, we had three little kids accept Jesus into their hearts. That really made an impact on me because I knew that I would be able to spend an eternity with these kids in heaven, and that is so exciting. Also, going into the trip, I thought that the language barrier was going to be a big deal, but surprisingly, it wasn't. With our broken Spanish and their broken English, we could communicate pretty well. We also went to church services in the towns that we served in. It was really cool because the adults were so happy that we were there serving and putting on a VBS for their kids. The atmosphere of the church services was very different. They would yell and shout while they were singing and would sometimes even dance. This trip showed me that even though the style of worship in Mexico is much different from ours, the important part is that they are still worshiping God. This trip also really challenged me to be more thankful for what I have. Like I said earlier, the kids and the adults in Mexico had very little, but they were extremely thankful and they praised God for everything. If all of us can take on that mindset, live life, and praise God like they do down in Mexico, I guarantee that God will bring us joy and that we will be content with everything that we have. A verse that really speaks to me about contentment is 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 7. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. Once again, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who made it possible for our youth group to go on this trip. I had an amazing time growing closer to the Lord in Mexico, and I am so thankful for this experience. Thank you very much. Hello, my name is Emily Franson. I'm 18 and I'm a senior at Mount Whitney High School. I served in the town of Yerapan while in Mexico this year. I worked with a group of kids at the Vacation Bible School from Monday through Thursday, and I'm very thankful that I was placed in Yerapan because during their park time when we played with all of the kids, I got to see many of the kids from my group and other familiar faces from my town. The park experienced a lot of flooding prior to our visit and the community had been wanting to fix it, but they did not have the means to. The construction team helped tremendously to clear out the excess dirt and get the park ready for the children to play soccer in. I did construction on Monday, and although it was very hard work, I was so glad to be a part of it. As we worked, some of the kids would even come over and try to help in any way that they could. They were so appreciative for what they were doing, and they just wanted to be right alongside us. Something that stood out to me on this trip was how happy these people are, even if they don't have much. Their priorities aren't set on materialistic things. Sometimes in our society, we attribute gaining wealth or possessions to being blessed. 
but Stephen pointed out to us during our time there that the people we were with were blessed. They don't need all the unnecessary things that we sometimes hold to such a high value. They have a love for the Lord and a focus on Him, and that's what truly matters. To see the children's faces just light up and for them to be so invested in the Bible stories they were told was amazing to see. They were eager to answer questions and even remembered the stories from the previous days. Some of the children in my group even decided to receive Christ by asking the Lord into their hearts, which was so touching to see and to be a part of. Although we go to Mexico to serve, I feel like we were served. I've gained so much from my experience there, and I felt a little out of my comfort zone at first and worried that I would somehow mess up or not be able to make a difference. But once I started spending time with the children, the smiles on their faces made me realize that everything would work out just fine. Soon, without even realizing it, I got closer to many of the children in my group. I not only grew closer to the children of Yoropan, but that week I grew closer to God. At the beginning of the week, I felt a little bit distant, but once we had our daily quiet time and reflected on scripture and our experiences, I began thinking of all the good we were doing, and it started energizing me and filling me with love for the Lord. I prayed for a lot of guidance and comfort that week. This trip was my first missions trip, and I was around many people that I wasn't familiar with. God gave me a wonderful opportunity to hear their testimonies and get to know them better. I started praying for help and put my shyness aside to get to know the people around me so we could better serve together. That week in Mexico, I met so many great people and was able to have deep conversations about the scripture with people that I've never before taken the time to talk with. I was able to share my testimony and I connected with people about how the Lord works in our lives. Talking about the Lord and how we can do amazing things in our lives reminded me of how the Lord has worked in me and changed my life for the better. I am so blessed to be here in such a welcoming and loving church. A huge part of the reason I am where I am today, going on trips like this and spreading the gospel is due to being part of grace. The main idea that guided our week was know him and make him known. Being a loving, caring, Christ-like individual who is passionate about the Lord is how we make him known. And that's how my faith began, being introduced to grace and meeting godly people like you. Um, after leaving Mexico, I decided that I would no longer be shy about my faith. It is our duty as Christians to spread the word of God and it isn't just enough to know God. We have to make him known to everyone so they too can experience his plan. I want to spread the word and inspire people to love the Lord. I also realize that how I live my life as a Christian is very important because my actions can affect how non-believer views Christianity. I want to live my life with a Christ-like sense that shows people the love the Lord has to offer and encourages people to love the Lord. A verse that I think really encompasses all of this and encourages me to make him known is Romans 10, 13 through 14. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in one they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Good morning. My name is Stephen Elliott. I'm the pastor of high school ministries here at Grace. And uh, had the great honor and privilege of overseeing the students and adults who uh, served in Urapan, Baja California, Mexico, at the Mount of Olives Children's Village, and the ministry they did at the churches in Urapan, El Zario, and Los Flores. Know him and make him known. That was our, our theme phrase from our mission to Mexico trip, and it really comes from John 17, 3, as we read uh, just a second ago. And this is, to, this is the way to have eternal life to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. Uh, throughout the book of John, the word know is used, and in, in our language, and as we typically commonly use it, we think of to know someone is to just be, uh, have, have a, like a, a mental awareness of their existence. I might know who they are. Like you say, oh yeah, I know so and so. It's, I, I'm, I'm familiar with them. Um, but as as Jesus is using it here, as John intends it to be understood, as the original audience would have heard it and understood it, uh, it is a a deep relational, intimate knowledge and connection with a person. Um, it is to, to know someone isn't to just, I, I know they exist, but I know them deeply. I know them closely. And so when we talk about knowing God and making him known, we don't talk about knowing God uh, isn't just, I'm just gonna spread information about him or I'm gonna have all the right answers for the, for the test 
about God, that, that we, when we talk about how we are called to be a people that know God and make him known, we are a, called to be a people that know God deeply, intimately, relationally, and that is how we are to make him known in this world which so desperately needs him. And that wasn't just the theme of our mission trip to Mexico. Uh, that was the theme of all of our spring break mission trips, and really that is the, that is the, the call and the message and the command, that is the foundation of all that we are to be as Christ followers. That, that is, those are our marching orders. We are to be a people that know God personally, intimately, relationally. And our one purpose in this world is to make him known in a place that so desperately and, passion, and, and, and deeply needs him. It's at the very heart and the call of all of us. It is what we are to be, not just one week out of the year. It's not something we just calendar um, for spring break for a few days out of our year. It is, it is what we are to do every day of the year. It is, it is the message that should be on our lips every, with every breath that we speak, with every step that we take. That is the banner that we carry, is that we are to be a people that know God and make him known. So the question I want us to walk away with this morning as we leave in just a few minutes is really, where do I do that? Where do I know God? Uh, where, do I, where do I make him known in this world? Where do I carry that message? Who do I carry that message to? Um, where is my mission field? Where am I called to be a missionary? Because a mission, being a missionary isn't something that you sign up for, like I said, just one week out of the year. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you are missionaries. We carry the message of Jesus Christ. If we do that, we are missionaries. And what an incredible privilege that is. I'm reading this book right now. I'm just a little ways into it, but it's called Kisses for Katie. Highly recommend it. Um, uh, it's, it'll, it'll tear you off. It is, a, it is a tearjerker for sure, but it's this young gal, and I really recommend it, especially for students, because um, this girl, when she's 19, she gives up her life to be a missionary in Uganda, and she serves, um, she works at an orphanage in Uganda where there is just terrible war and terrible disease and um, orphans um, beyond counting. And she talks about just loving these little kids that don't know love and haven't experienced true, genuine love. Um, and if you've seen just some of the pictures, you can you can understand that, and that's something that, that so many of our students are, are really just... Um, um, you know, impacted by is just these little kids that are just so, um, all the, just to be loved by someone is, um, is life-changing. And she talks about, she talks about these little, these little children that she just hugs and kisses and the impact it has on them, um, and how she connects it with, um, our relationship with God. She says this, I saw myself in those little faces. I looked at them and felt this love that was unimaginable, and knew that this is the way God sees me. The children would run to me with gifts of stones or dirt, and I saw myself filthy and broken and offering my life to the God of the universe and begging him to make it into something beautiful. I sit here in a broken world, small and dirty, at his feet, and he who sits so high chooses to commune with me, to love me anyway. He blinds himself to my sin and my filth so that he can forge a relationship with me. And this is what he did for me with those precious children. He blinded me to their filth and disease, and I saw only children hungry for love that I was eager to share with them. I adored them, not because of who I was, but because of who he is. I just sat right down on the cold, hard floor and snuggled my nose into their dirty necks and kissed their heads and didn't even see it. I was in love. My friends, this, this message that we have, it's not some duty that we are, that is, that is just given us that we have to fulfill this is a privilege, this is an honor that the God of the universe that doesn't need us gives us his message of salvation to take to a world which needs it more than anything else. And what a privilege that is. What an honor 
that the king of the universe would give us his gospel to take to a world, and he would say, my children, go, take it. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell the people in other countries, tell the people in other parts of your state, tell the people just down the road. As you stand with me, let's pray and then go and take that message with you. Pray with me. Oh God, we are humbled, we are speechless at the fact that you would choose us who do not deserve it to take the greatest message that ever existed, the greatest news that we could ever hear and tell it to a world that needs it more than anything else. God, we come before you sinful and broken, and yet you choose to use us. God, for the ways that you have already used us, we say thank you. And continue to use us, God, for your kingdom and your glory and your power and your majesty alone. We love you so much. Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed.